Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus Podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. Today, we're going to be talking about Cobra Kai Season 4. I have not only one, but two guest co-hosts today that I'm so excited to have. They are good friends. They are husband and wife. Please join me in welcoming Cindy and Devin. How are you guys? Hi, Diana. Great to be here. Glad to be here, Diana. I am so excited that you guys are here to talk about, gosh, one of my favorite shows. Yes, we really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, I always start off with a question of the day. And so I was thinking about it. And of course, I love The Walking Dead. It's my favorite show. And I love Cobra Kai. So I thought, what if they merged, right? And so I actually put out a poll question. And the question was, who in Cobra Kai would survive a zombie apocalypse? So before I give you the poll results, I want to know from each of you, who do you think that would be? Okay, I'll go first. I think I would pick Johnny. And I'll tell you why. Because in, in watching The Walking Dead, especially early on, it was uh, Rick and who was the other dude that died? His Shane. 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 Yeah. And Shane and him were clashing because Rick just wasn't aggressive enough. And Shane was. I mean, he, he's like, hey, this is the end of the world. We're going to shoot people. It's going to happen. And I think that uh, that was a mistake. When he killed them off, uh, because I think Rick got them in so many other troubles trying to be a nice guy, that I would take Johnny all day. All day. (laughs) What about you, Cindy? Who do you think? So that's a fun question. I think I would have to say Tori. Mm. I just think she's so ruthless. She doesn't care what people think. She, She knows what she needs to do to survive. And, um, you know, we can see all through the previous seasons that, you know, she's pretty much on her own already. And she doesn't really depend on anyone. You know, she likes people around her, but she doesn't depend on them to help her get through life. So I think she would probably be, you know, wouldn't be afraid of anything in the zombie apocalypse. And and she'd use all of her internal resources to get through. I agree. And, you know, it's funny, but... Both of you picked someone who was on the poll because I only could put out four people on the poll. Well, I could have maybe picked more, but I limited it to four. Uh, The person that came in fourth was Dimitri, which I thought it was kind of cool to put him in there, right? Because he's a smart guy, right? And so I thought, well, maybe he could be the Eugene, the way Eugene is in The Walking Dead, kind of that person in here, right? So... But he came in fourth. He actually didn't get any any <laughs> votes in this. But what's oh, interesting, <laughs> but well, it's we're talking about a zombie apocalypse and just four people here. So, and the two people that tied happened to be each of your picks. So Johnny Lawrence and Tori each got 27% oh, of wow. the vote. Okay. So they were tied. And the person that, received 47% was Mr. Miyagi, who is probably, uh, I would, I think I'd pick Mr. Miyagi, but then I also 
think that Tori is very ruthless. So if you've got to be ruthless to survive an apocalypse, then it might be her. So I don't know. So very interesting. I love your choices. And friends out there, we want to know what you think. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. Okay, you guys, I have been a Cobra Kai fan since it premiered. I just love the show. It gives me everything I want from a television show. It's fun. It's exciting. It's hilarious. I love the characters and how we get to see them grow and evolve. And I think one of the reasons it really resonates with me is because I love the original Karate Kid films, and I really enjoy the flashbacks and also the reintroduction of the characters in current time. So it feels like we're a part of this universe because we kind of grew up with, you know, Johnny and Daniel and some of the other characters that come back to visit. So, you know, that's what speaks to me. And I also love all the references, all the Easter eggs that they put into the show from the movies. And I like that the story is really taken care of and is so well done. I know the creators, Josh Heal, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Slosberg are super big Karate Kid movie fans. They just love that. And so they wanted to put this out there. Um, They had originally wanted to make a movie And Johnny was going to be the center of that movie because they wanted to see how a bully grew up and what his life was like. But then the the movie idea, I guess, kind of fizzled. And then they went with the show. And and of course, now here we are, Cobra Kai, right? So I'm so happy that they did that. But it just goes to we can see the love that they have of the show because they really think of everything. And I think that's what I pick up on. So I wanted to check in with you guys before we dig into season four about what draws you to Cobra Kai. Well, that's funny because I also feel like it's the nostalgia of the 80s. And I loved growing up in the 80s. And I love the music. And I love anything that I can reminisce about the 80s and remember how I felt back then when I'm watching something it's like I instantly am brought back to that time. And so I know just right from the beginning, Cobra Kai, knowing when it was coming out, it's like, oh my gosh, I remember how much I loved Karate Kid. And, um, you know, so it's a lot of the nostalgia for me that that really drew me to the show. Yeah, I think um, I thought about this for a little bit. There was a fan-made video of a a guy that he made it. And what it was is he, he edited edited the first movie with his narration and used all the clips to show that it was actually Daniel who was the bully and it was uh, Johnny who was being picked on. And it was done so well where he says, yeah, he never threw the first punch and then he'd show it. And sure enough, he didn't. He Daniel did start the fight. And so it went through this whole thing. And of course it was done in fun. And this was before Cobra Kai had even been thought about. And I thought to myself, I wonder what Johnny... Oh, wow. This was before Cobra Kai? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This matter of fact, one of the producers you mentioned saw the the movie, saw the fan clip. And they loved it. Ah. And so... And I I was going to look that up for you, Diana, and I didn't, but I I can. I can find it somewhere. Um, 
but it's funny as hell. It's very well, very, <laughs> very intelligently done. Um, so, so when they announced Cobra Kai, I thought, oh my gosh, that video that I saw, it's they're finally going to get into the stuff. Like with his crane kick, that was an illegal kick. No one said anything, but he won it on that kick. And so you're not allowed to do that kick. So, you know, that's what Johnny was saying. And so I just went the first time we see Johnny when he's loaded, laying on his carpet in his apartment. I, I thought that's exactly <laughs> where I expected him to be. So anyways, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so cool. All right. Let's dig into season four then. And there are spoilers ahead. So we're just going to break it all down. Uh, we're going to do two episodes at a time. And so in season three, the finale left us contemplating so many different things. We wondered how Johnny and Daniel would work together. What was Robbie going to do? Was Kreese going to get his hooks into Robbie? And how was Terry Silver going to play in all this? And who was going to win the All-Valley Tournament? And now that we've seen season four, we get the answers to those questions. But now I've got about a million more, right? <laughs> Which I love. That's what I love, right? It brings you, it just sucks you in and you just want more. And so, okay, so let's break down the first two episodes. Episode one, Let's Begin. And episode two, First Learn Stand. We see Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang attempt attempt to team up in preparation for the All-Valley Tournament. Kreese does everything he can to get Terry Silver, the villain from Karate Kid 3, to team up with him. Side note, I just recently watched Karate Kid 3. I've watched 1 and 2 repeatedly over and over again, and I know them really well. But number 3, I was like, I need to watch this because I know it's really important. So I watched it right around when Cobra Kai uh, Season 4 came out. I'm so glad I did because it really did fill in a lot of information. And then we meet Kenny, who was bullied by a group of kids, which includes Anthony LaRusso. And then Daniel and Johnny go to a hockey game where lessons are displayed. Hmm. So, oh my gosh, you guys, this show makes me laugh out loud. Johnny's personality is hysterical. And the way he and Daniel clash over ideologies, it's, it's like comic genius to me. And they reminded me of the odd couple, exact opposites in how they, their music and how they eat and everything. But they both love karate and teaching kids and seeing them succeed. So although they have these major differences, they have that in common, which is the underlying thread. And I think that is what bonds them together because they really do both care about the kids that they mentor. And, you know, I really like the introduction of Kenny. He He's just like this ordinary kid. We see him getting ready for the day. And I'm thinking, who, why, who is this kid? And why, what, what's happening? But I really liked it because I, he drew me in as this actor um, all on his own. And then we see him go to the bus stop and he's dancing. And I thought, this kid is really cool. I really like him. And then, of course, the bus comes and then he gets bullied. And when he's getting off the bus and someone says, LaRusso, I started looking around because I thought, 
Sam's not on the bus. Daniel's not on the bus. Who are they talking about? And I didn't even realize it was Anthony LaRusso. I had no idea. He's grown up. And so I was surprised. And I thought, oh, I didn't. It it threw me for a loop, a good loop, because I thought, ah, this is a great thing to do. And I thought that for the writers, it was great to flesh out this Anthony LaRusso character. And then, of course, I love seeing the training between Daniel and Johnny. And then, of course, anything, anytime they mention Mr. Miyagi, it totally warms my heart. There's that moment when um, Johnny's holding a beer and Daniel, I don't know if he kicks it or if he, he does it with his hand. I think he does it with his hand. Yeah. And and the whole top of the bottle goes off. And uh, Johnny's so impressed by that. And uh, he says, Miyagi-Do saved your life a couple of times and tells him no one was as badass as Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. And it was cool because they showed a flashback of Mr. Miyagi, which I always love those. Those are always my favorite moments. But uh, one of the main lessons in this episode or these two episodes was no be there. So I thought that was cool. What did you guys think of these episodes and did anything stand out? So I don't know, Diana, if you've heard the term shipping or not. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam and Diane was shipping, I think. Uh, yes. Right. Jennifer Aniston was shipping with, uh, with Ross. Um, and what they do is they create all of this, uh, you know, tension between the two characters week after week. And you keep hoping they get together and say, okay, we've had enough. Now we want you to get together. Well, I think Daniel and, you know, it's coming right now. Dan, I think Daniel and uh, and Johnny are shipping or going to ship. Uh, every time they get close to actually understanding each other, something is said to, that they take offense to, and oh, it'll never work, and they both walk away. And it's happened a few right. times. And so I guess my, I'm not trying to be negative, but I think I get frustrated because they're going to eventually have to have them together and then find another antagonist because you know after a while people start jumping off the boat so saying that i love their moments together especially that one time in the bar that was great when johnny didn't know what facebook was and (laughs) that was really cute so so I, i agree with you i love them together and and it gives johnny a chance to really come up with some good one liners because daniel's so straight ace yeah yeah, he's a master at that. It's so good. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. And for me, um, you know, I think it's fun to watch Johnny and Daniel and how different they are. But I, I agree it is also frustrating. And I think in watching the first two episodes, I really thought they'd get their their act together sooner as a team. You know, it, it felt like we went into the episodes thinking, okay, this is going to happen. And almost immediately, it just was broken again. And um, I think one of the things that I was really looking for through this season was this breakthrough from those two, where I just keep feeling like there's somewhere in them that they have the potential to be best friends and to really have each other's backs in not just mm-hmm. the karate world, but it... it Life. It, in life, yeah, it feels like they're always in this parallel, and yet so much of what's happening in their own lives, if they shared it with each other instead of walking as a parallel, 
it would feel like a bigger dynamic, um, you know, just things with their own families and, you know, with Johnny and his relationship. And I, I did notice and not to jump ahead, but I, I did notice that he never pinpointed his relationship with Miguel's mom to Daniel and how that dynamic, it wasn't just that he was the sensei, but now dating the mom, where does that leave him with Daniel or I'm sorry, with Miguel. And I felt like that could have been articulated. It, it kind of got left as a parallel through the story without anybody saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't realize you were dating Miguel's mom. Like she goes over for dinner. So I thought they knew, but it's not ever really pinpointed as to one of the reasons that there were hurt feelings and other things that, you know, obviously come up later, but, um, you know, it kind of all starts in this first two episodes where you're like, okay, we're ready to go. And then it, here we go again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully again, I we're jumping ahead, but I think they, I think they eventually get there. I think finally this season, I feel like they finally make headway. I know what I was thinking too, was that after watching um, Karate Kid 3, I realized how hard-headed Daniel LaRusso is. Mm-hmm. It, or hot-headed, not hard-headed, hot-headed. Let yes. me say that yes. first. He is hard-headed too, but hot-headed. Because in Karate Kid 3, he kept getting like mad and angry. And I was like, I mean, not horribly, but just, you know, just he was very triggered. And I thought, oh, that's how you are in Cobra Kai, that you're you're bringing it through that personality trait. And it's funny because in season three, when Allie comes back, she kind of brings that up, how he misinterpreted or I guess kind of blamed her for their breakup. And we just take it as he says, right? As he says, as he had told Mr. Miyagi, we take that as fact. But here she is in Cobra Kai, 30-odd-something years later, saying, no, it was like this. He just thought I was dating this guy. He just thought I was doing this. So, right? So his pride or his hard-headedness is getting in the way. And that's what a lot of this is, too. The only reason I give him a break on all this is because most of it has to do with Mr. Miyagi's teachings. And like I said, I have a soft spot for Mr. Miyagi. So anytime that is brought up or trying to be passed along, I'm like all for it. I'm like, yes, you've got to listen. It's from Mr. Miyagi. But, you know, he's the messenger. And so the messenger is the one that has to get, you know, do a little work on themselves to figure out the right way to pass that along. What did you guys think of the hockey game? Well, I thought it was fun. I, I thought it was when they were watching the lessons and then, you know, the surprise from the players afterward, the repercussions were, I, I liked watching them fight those guys. And I thought, yeah, yeah, see, they can do this. They they really are a team and they have each other's backs. So that's where I thought yeah. we were going to get this glimmer of hope. Johnny actually took off and yeah, let Daniel he, do it. But he wanted Daniel to shine in what he had taught Daniel, the lessons that he had taught him, he's like, okay, here, go do Eagle Fang to get out of this mess with these hockey players. And then I love Johnny's, um, when Johnny came back and he's all, where were you? And he's all, no, be there. 
It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I learned from you, either. too. That's right. Right? So they learned from each other. So I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so episode three, They Learn Fall, and episode four, Bicephaly, Daniel and Johnny switch training groups, and Terry Silver visits Crease and ultimately joins him. And then Kenny joins Cobra Kai after a couple of tries and tells them about Hawk and the others that are harassing him. And then we see Johnny as he grows envious of Daniel and Miguel's relationship. So... So much happens in these episodes that I really appreciate. We really see that no one is perfect and that everyone has flaws and insecurities and the adults don't know everything. And both the kids and adults learn from each other. And sometimes there is more than one right answer. So like at the dinner that they had, what was it? Uh, Miguel wanted to go to uh, Stanford and his mom was kind of steering him to staying there where they're at and going to community college. And then Sam wanted to go far away, I think it was. And her parents were all like, oh, let's just stay here. Like they were really trying to steer their children to what they thought was best. And it, it was funny, Cindy, because it reminds me of our conversations <laughs> in, in parenting sometimes. Right. So, you know, we always try to steer our kids, but then sometimes, you know, they, they want to do what they want to do and be who they want to be. And they have to figure out their own ways. And, and you know, us as parents, we do the best we can, but we don't always have the right answers. And and uh, sometimes we have to stand back and listen to what they have to say. And so I just thought that the, all of that was very interesting. And I, and I really noticed um, the dynamics of being a parent and a child in these episodes uh, we also see it with Robbie mentoring Kenny. So here we go with another sort of, I mean, it's not a generation, but in a way it is because here uh, Robbie is mentoring uh, Kenny. And and then he advises him to use his speed, which he ends up using, able to outrun his um, his bullies. And then I thought, oh my gosh, in this episode, I was really kind of um, surprised at Sam and Johnny's exchange because I thought she had really harsh words mm -hmm. to say to him. I, you know, because they didn't want to jump the building, but I, I appreciated his comeback. I thought he had the perfect comeback um, with everything that she was throwing at him. He was saying it back. And then I found it interesting because she gets a text from her father Daniel saying, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. <laughs> and here it is. You're telling your kids something and they're like, oh, my dad's telling me not to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so what does she do? She does what Johnny wanted her to do. And she jumps that building. She makes it. They're all ecstatic. So, um, yeah. So I just thought that that was a pretty cool thing. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think... Um I think my favorite part of that is, uh, well, the first thing is I noticed that, well, you mentioned Robbie and Kenny and how Robbie kind of takes them under his wing. And in, it's a mini arc. Oh, and it's great how they do it, but it's like a four or five episode arc of him teaching Kenny and Kenny's getting angrier and angrier. And then, at the end, not to jump ahead, but it's important to that, you know, what I'm talking about is 
Robbie goes to his father and says, I have failed this other human being. You know, I couldn't train him. I tried to train him. And Johnny knows all about that and just was there for, for his father, let the kid cry, hugged him. Maybe he was even crying. Um, and so that Kenny arc to me, uh, while it's fun to watch and I like Kenny, uh, was really about Robbie and his dad. Mm. So that's, that's kind of what I liked about all that. Yeah. That kind of gives me chills. <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah. stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I really thought Kenny was such an interesting character right from the beginning. He's so likable and there's just something about him. You know, he has a tender soul that you feel like you just, you see this innocence in this child that, um, you know, he wants friends. He likes the girl. He's new. He is lonely, clearly. And I just couldn't help but root for him. And so I found it very interesting. You know, once you understand the dynamic of how, because it's like you said earlier, how is he going to play into this? And when you connect the dots to his brother, new uh, Robbie in jail, it's, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. go find Robbie. And I thought, my first thought when he entered Cobra Kai was, I said, I'm so glad he's having this horrible experience here. And these people are so not like him. He's really going to find his way to Miyagi-Do or Eagle Fang or however that whole side of the story was going to play out. I really thought he was going to end up there because... He just did not remind me at all of what you see in the Cobra Kai people and, and what they're about. And, um, you know, I feel like the Cobra Kai methodology is be a bully instead of being bullied. Like their way of dealing with that is, hey, you need to be the bully first. So strike first and all kind of plays together. And I just mm-hmm. didn't see that bullying in in Kenny, you know, he would shy away. He would flinch. And and even with the kids who were teasing him when he showed up at the schoolyard or whatever, and in the costume, they, you know, he ran, he didn't fight him. Uh, In gym class, he was super talented in basketball. But then, you know, when they took offense to him and he tried to be friendly, you know, he didn't have it in him to then be even more on the offense. So I just really, it's interesting to watch the show progress and him to progress because that was at that point in time. If I just thinking about this, this part of the season, I honestly said, okay, I'm ready for him to move on from Cobra Kai. And how long is it going to take for him to open his eyes to this? So um, kind of fun. I, I liked him right from the start though. Right. I found myself always rooting for him. Yeah. Okay, so in episode five, Match Point, and episode six, Kicks Get Chicks, Daniel and Johnny continue to be at odds, which results in a well-choreographed and impressive yet hysterical match. Uh, All Valley Tournament makes changes, prompting the dojos to scramble, and Sam visits an old friend, Aisha, and may have misinterpreted her message oh boy so i want to say that match point is one of my favorite episodes of the season it was 
besides the end, I'm not talking about the All Valley Tournament, but out of all the episodes, it it just, um, I think I, I was so amused and laughed so much and uh, loved so many things about it. Uh, one, of course, was the Daniel and Johnny match. I, I just thought their choreography was amazing. And I love that they set this all up and that here we see um, Sam and Miguel calling the points and we see the other uh, mm-hmm. students being the announcer and being the cameraman. And it was just so much fun. And I wondered what was going to happen. Who's going to win? What, you know, what is this going to mean? Because I thought if one of them wins, they're going to hang it over the other one's head. What's going to happen? And then it was a perfect, perfect match with them knocking each other out at the same time. I had to rewind it and watch it three times because I saw what Hmm. Daniel did, but I couldn't see what um, Johnny, how he knocked uh, Daniel out. But all I know is they both went, you know, like straight as a board, f- fell over, and I, it was just so funny. I was cracking up. And then we also see Hawk's confrontation with Cobra Kai. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I don't know what you guys have to say about that in a minute, but, oh, my gosh, that was so – that hurt. Mean. That hurt. Yeah. That was really hurt. I, I – no one did it to me, but one time when I was really young, I went and got my hair. I mean, I was really young. I, I might have still been in high school, but I went to get my hair cut, and um, they cut one side of my hair um, off, and then the other side was long. Oh, and I came home, and I threw myself on the bed, and I bawled my eyeballs out. I felt like my whole identity went out the window. And that was my doing, right? I, I, I mean... They said basically what they were going to do, but I thought, okay, well, maybe they know better than me. I mean, I was young. I was like, okay, let's get it done. Oh, my gosh. I wore a beret on my head, and my father used to call me Frenchie for a while (laughs) because I was trying to hide the shaved side of my head or the short part of my head. It took me a long time to grow them even. But um, the whole point is, you know, your hair and here, you know, his hair is so iconic to who he is. So I just I thought they were going to hurt him like like with, I mean, they did hurt him. But I meant when you see that razor come out, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to cut him. They're going to do something to his. They're going to give him another tattoo. That's what I thought. And I thought the new tattoo was going to be That's something bad. Yes. And so, yes. So yeah. I guess in all of that, the hair at least will grow back. But, I, you know, but still, I could see how it uh, it really hurt him uh, emotionally. And then I think the thing that I laughed the hardest and stayed with me was Johnny's drunken Twitter rant. It had me on the floor and yes. I'm not kidding. I never laughed it? so hard. I had to stop it again and i had to i laughed and i laughed and i laughed and then i had to go back and and um one of my sons walked by he's all oh are you watching the twitter rant part and i said yeah and he's all we paused it and read it so that's what i did because i'm like wait and i saw it all on twitter but i wanted to read it and uh, basically it says how does this thing work tomorrow night eagles reign supreme it's time for the Valley to see what karate is all about. And it's on Lawrence LaRusso rematch. Hash brown. Hash brown. <laughs> dead dead meat. meat. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love hash brown. It just yeah. is my favorite that comes out of his mouth. And then when the kids are talking about it, they say, and this is what made me laugh over and over again, Dimitri says, who does he think's reading this? He only has one follower. Follower, and yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was dying, 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 dying. Perfect, perfect writing and all of it to put that out there. I just thought it was so brilliant. And then we see Eli rejoin Miyagi-Do. And I thought, thank God, because Miyagi-Do doesn't have a chance on the guy portion of this. Yes, Dimitri has has risen up some and actually he pretty much impressed me at the All Valley because he hadn't been that good. But I thought they're never going to get anywhere. Only Sam knows how to fight. And what are we going to do? So I was really um, happy to see that Eli went back. But I will say Sam, the whole Sam Tory thing, that had me conflicted. I, I wasn't happy with how Sam was reacting and being. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Well, uh, specific to Sam and Tori, I think that's such an interesting storyline. And that's another one that kind of dances around and feels like it could have potential for two people to really break down a wall. And, you know, I think so much of, my expectation is that Tori's always going to be the bully. And I think there's a part of Sam that we see come out that is not the Miyagi-Do defense. It's more the Eagle Fang offense. And I know, you know, some, it feels like this whole season, that's sort of the representation is what part is defense, what part is offense. And um, so I, I feel like that whole Sam storyline is it's very interesting to watch them kind of grow in themselves and then also try to figure out how to navigate these things. And, um, and I think, you know, I just want to mention about Hawk that it, it is so interesting to see how someone's persona is tied to something like a Mohawk or a tattoo. And I feel like you could see this sadness and this this just overwhelming defeat in his eyes. And the fact that even the dojo was saying, hey, you know, we're not going to retaliate on this. You know, that's a hard thing, especially if you think about being a high schooler. I mean, that's the first thing you're going to do is right come back. And... He certainly had the defeat, and obviously that was probably one of the reasons he didn't really retaliate. But I felt like, again, where there's a difference in training styles, that understanding of you know being on the defense and um, not just going back after these people, I think really it had a part to play in that. And... Um, and it's just so interesting. And, and when you mentioned the hair and it, it, I can so identify with those things and how something can make you feel so defeated. That's just really nothing for your functionality it has nothing to do with that. But if you 
feel like you have this thing that makes you superior, it's very hard to break that down and then feel like you are still able to, um, to, to be superior. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to piggyback on what Cindy said a little bit about, um, Eli, is that his name? The Hawk? Yeah. By the Eli, way, yeah. Gonna, have you ever noticed that when they say Hawk or he shows up, there's a Hawk noise that plays in the background? <laughs> I am. Um, I don't hear it every time, but yes, I have heard yeah, that. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> and, but re- I remember where he came from, which is he had the lip, the hair lip mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was bullied. And then he went into the... Um, Cobra Kai when when Johnny had just started it and Johnny kept calling him ugly lip and lips McGrew and all just made fun of him all the time and then he took him aside and said hey if you don't want people to make fun of you about that then why don't you get another name another nickname and get known for something else and he went and got his his Mm -hmm. mohawk and coinciding with that he started learning karate and he started becoming yeah. badass. So there was a lot of symbolism in that mohawk. Um, when it was cut off, he he's back to square one as a nerd, and uh, you know, but but he's not. And by the way, I was excited when he rejoined because I knew he was like the only guy that could kick butt. You know, so I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's there, there's another thing I want to bring up about actually the fight between Larusa and uh, and Johnny is, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot of rocky overtones in this. uh, I did. Have you? Okay. Yes, Um, totally. I'm so glad that you are saying that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, One one example is, well, when they both knock each other out, that was rocky too. That's how it ended. They both, you know, no one won. Um, But, you know, just there's a lot of other stuff in there as far as Johnny doesn't have the money. So they show his kids training with water bottles and yeah. sticks from outside. Then they pan to, uh, you know, the, the expensive dojos and they've got the, you know, whatever, top of the line equipment and all that stuff. So Johnny is truly the underdog, just like Rocky was. Yes. Um, having to train with what he had around him. So anyways, I just, I, I thought that was, uh, in, what's wrong? Chills. Did Chills you? again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I just love hearing yeah, What's I that? Mean, that whole Rocky thing. And, and Devin pointed that out to me when we were watching the show. And I started finding things myself that were such a correation to Rocky. Like they did have the survivor song. Yes. Yeah. There. there was also a song they started playing and it was a, not a song I knew, but it started out with the same intro beat as the Rocky theme. And then it goes into something else. But I, I felt like that was very planned. And oh, I'm sure it so was many things. Yeah. It really, yeah. it, it did. It felt a lot like they were pulling from that in these key parts. So that was super fun because I love Rocky yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Like when he's running on the beach, yes. uh, and all of that, they are playing a survivor song, during that. So that is from Rocky. And then even when he was training Daniel, the way he was training him. Yeah. Like you said, it reminded me of Rocky when he was training out in the snow and he was doing everything manually and 
the, you know, the other guys were using all those machines. And see, I loved that, like showing like when you really do the real work, that's what's really going to, that's what's really going to make you win or have that edge. And I'm, I'm just bringing this up because it just popped into my head that I wanted to bring up. I felt that way with Miyagi-Do when Robbie showed everybody Miyagi-Do ways. I thought, yeah, but he's showing them in moves. He's not, everyone else that really learns it, learns it through the painting, the waxing, the being out on a canoe or being on the water. So I kept thinking that they were going to showcase how even though they used Miyagi-Do, it didn't work for them, but they didn't even bring that up. But that's what I was feeling because I thought, no, you don't really know Miyagi-Do. You just know the moves, but they're not going to work for you because you didn't learn them the way you should have learned them. So yeah. And the concepts. Yeah. And why you would, when you learn wax on, wax off, and then when they put it in motion and it naturally your body memory, you know, muscle memory understands it, but yet these kids didn't know any of that part of it. And they don't understand the methodology behind what Miyagi-Do stands for. Exactly. I agree. I I really felt like that was an opportunity for them to really showcase why that was special. Yeah. And they didn't. They, They more focused on just Robbie stealing the moves and therefore they could use them. And and I know there were some other things that were on the flip side that they were able to do that I know we'll get into, but I did hope that they were going to explain that. And they, they really, I think they missed a a good little spot to add something to it. They did. Okay. So in episode seven, minefields and episode eight party time, the tensions escalate between Kenny and Anthony. And then Anthony gets busted and Cobra Kai teaches a lesson on weakness. And we see Johnny share his fears and hopes with Miguel. And then, oh my gosh, Stingray's yes. back. Yes. And uh, prom night is on. And uh, people get beat up emotionally and physically in this episode. So, you know, with Kenny and Anthony, we kind of already talked about how we feel about this, but, you know, we keep seeing it progress. And I I think you were saying early on, Cindy, I felt sorry for Kenny, too. And I thought LaRusso was just being a punk kid. But I also saw that Anthony was having this inner struggle. Like, I think he was just trying to be accepted by these bullies. Because I, I don't really feel like he was initiating anything. I don't think he just wanted to be called out. So then he would act on being a bully. And so, uh, because he always had this look like he didn't really want to do it, but he had to do it. And I didn't blame Kenny uh, at first for fighting back. But then that moment when he turns to Anthony and says, gotcha. I was like, oh, my God. I wanted to slap someone. (laughs) I was like, like, yes, exactly. I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And um, that conversation between Johnny and Miguel, whoa, that was, he was being pretty vulnerable there and talking about, you know, the heartbreaks and fatherhood and, you know, Johnny losing his dad at five and then Sid coming in and being a not a good role model at all. And then Crease being his role model. So he just 
thought that with all of that, that he wouldn't be a very good father. And so he didn't, he wasn't a good father to Robbie at all. And okay, I'm going to do a side note again. I wanted last season and maybe even the season before, I kept wanting Johnny to step up as a dad to Robbie because I felt like he was stepping up to be a dad for Miguel. Mm-hmm. which was the easier thing to do. But I kept thinking, but Robbie's your son. Go fight for him. You know, figure out how to do it. And he, and he, you know, it's not until we get to the end, but, oh, I kept saying. So that was frustrating for me to see Johnny really not step up as a father. And yeah. everything that he was doing for Miguel, which I really like Miguel a lot, and I think Miguel needed it. But here he has he has two potential People that do care about him being Daniel and Johnny parenting him, but Robbie needs somebody. Robbie needs somebody. And and they both I mean, Daniel was doing it for a while, but um I, I just felt sorry for Robbie on that on that note. Uh but I also wanted to say when Johnny um goes and sees Crease and uh, uh Silver and Silver beats the crap out of him. And, again, another Walking Dead reference. This reminds me of Rick. Rick's always getting beat up by the enemy, and now Johnny keeps getting beat up by the enemy. And I'm like, you are the sensei of a dojo. And, yes, I know he is, too. But, ah, I didn't want him getting beat up like that. Not so bad. On a side note to your side note about that. Uh Uh-huh. I like it. Um, I think that in that scene – where Crease pulls Silver off of Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, this is I brought this for you. This is yours. That's the first moment that I've seen that I can remember of Crease showing that he's a human being. Yeah. And it actually gets a step up later when you talk about it. But I noticed that. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Cool, yeah. What else did you guys see in this episode? These episodes... Yeah, you know, I know we already touched really on the Kenny and Anthony conflict, but as I mentioned earlier, I, I knew later on we would see what kind of formulated and obviously Kenny didn't leave Cobra Kai. And you do start to see Anthony really having a conscience. And it just, you're starting to see the warning bells go off when Kenny is getting more vicious. And I think that's like, uh oh, maybe he really is in the place that he's supposed to be, that he's not, he's, he's shedded the innocent personality and he's ready to accept all that's going on on the inside where he's got so much anger that is just now starting to understand that he can unleash it. And so it's kind of a bummer in that respect. Cause I still had this hope that, you know, it's like the boys on the schoolyard. You, you go out and you get a couple black eyes and you come home and you're best friends. And that's just how best friends for boys are always made. And and this just didn't really turn out that way. And I, I thought it could. So I want to touch on uh, what you mentioned about the conversation between Miguel and Johnny and talking about the parent issues. I feel like all the main characters in this show have the mommy and daddy issues. It, and so many of them have either single parents. I mean, think of Tori. She has 
a mom that's incapacitated and her dad is gone. You've got Johnny who grew up in, you know, he, he ends up with a stepdad, but we get this glimpse into his past when they show the flashback of he, he pulls all the items out from under the bed and there's the crushed beer can in there. And, you know, the mom thinks she's doing the right thing by finding this man who had money, but really what he needed was a role model. Miguel has no dad. Robbie, his dad is, you know, and his mom, both were not good parents. And 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 then Kenny, his brother's in jail. His dad is gone. And, and even Daniel. And, um, you know, Daniel grew up. And remember, we were talking about, um, you know, Daniel, but he had the difference was. Yeah, he was the only one out of everybody that lucked into Mr. Miyagi. So he yeah. was raised, uh, you know, the right way. And and he's benefited from that. We, we yeah. see he's got money and a nice family and a nice house. And then, you you know, juxtaposition to that is is Johnny, who found who found a father figure, but unfortunately the father figure was insane. And, uh, right. you know, so he had nobody after that. And basically the only person that he really loved was telling him he was worthless and he sucked and, you know, whatever else he said at the end of karate, karate kid one. But anyways, yeah, I, I think that's a very prevalent issue through the whole, the whole show. Yeah. And I think, it's interesting to me because I can't think of another show I've ever seen where so many of the characters have the same issue because yeah. that's really the underlying issue. And and they all seem to have it and they address it, but they never really, you don't see them collaborate on it, right? It's, it's very siloed, but every single one of them has the same problem, which is kind of odd actually. Yeah. I think they're seeking balance. I mean, it's not about the karate. It's not about getting picked on. It's not all of these things. It's seeking balance. And and Daniel was able to seek balance and, and was shown the way how to do that. And I think even Johnny, and as crazy and as, as funny as he can be, he does love karate and he certainly does love those kids. Mm-hmm. He does. And yeah. so he, he's going to show them his version of balance without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And um, it's true, us, you know, recognizing that about parenting and fatherhood and, and everything else. And I just read today that that was very intentional because they said they wanted to draw back on the relationship that Daniel had with Mr. Miyagi and how important having a person in your life. And that is why they brought it to the forefront in Cobra Kai. So it it was very important for them to bring that. They wanted karate to be in it. They wanted um, parenting, a mentor, fatherhood to be in there. And they also wanted to show bullying in it. Those were like three things that I think that I think there might have been more or whatever, but I, I recall them saying at least those three things, and that's what we see all the time, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Yeah. What else, Devin? I just want to say, Stingray! <laughs> yes. 
Stingray is my favorite character. Um, <laughs> even though he's such a, you know, he's a, he's a very small character in all of this. <laughs> he, <laughs> he does play an important part. Who hangs out with uh, a bunch of even kids. Even at the time you don't realize. What's that? Who hangs out with a bunch of kids? <laughs> Give some alcohol. I tell you what, if I were in high school, I would. I, we we all need a stingray. I know. We all need. Stingray. We all would have been at his house partying <laughs> yeah. for sure with the pool and everything. That's like that's why when he he oh kicked God. and punched his neighbor and knocked him out and put his <laughs> arms up and everybody went crazy. I know. Yeah, I, I fell in love. <laughs> I I did. So real quick. He, you know, outside of him being a character, they they use him in the story um, because he wants Co- he wants to be Cobra Kai so bad. I mean, he's a, he wants to be a badass. Mostly, he wants to be a part of. He wants to be on this team. And when Silver beats the living daylights out of him when he was drunk, and I think the last words we hear is Silver said, "I'll let you be Cobra Kai, but there's something you got to do for me." And I was wondering, oh, well, what does he have to do for him? And then at the end, as we all know, he rats out Crease, and Crease is now gone. And now, amazingly enough, I don't know how they've done it, they've made Crease a sympathetic character. I know. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, well, okay. Think about The Walking Dead, right? Negan. Okay, sorry yes. about that. I just had to pop that in there, right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyways. True? Go ahead, Cindy. What were you going to say? Just before we moved on, I just wanted to make one more point that Devin actually again pointed out to me and the dancing at the prom. Yeah. Was such a nod to Greece. Yeah. I mean, didn't you feel that nostalgia? Yeah. Well, even the drive-in too, right? Them going to the drive-in. Yeah, drive-in. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, you you just kind of had this, all the choreographed dancing and the, the kids there. It was. And, you know, as, as Diana has said, that's no accident. They, they're taking these themes from the 80s and, and lightly sprinkling them in to the story where they're just enough, enough there to be able to you recognize it. Yeah, and feel good. Yeah. And be yeah. like, oh, I know this makes me feel like this. Almost yeah. like a Stranger Things vibe. That way yeah. Stranger Things don't Oh, yeah. oh, it's so funny mm. that you say that because I heard, that was the other thing I read, that they had seen Stranger Things and how well, you know, that was bringing the 80s, yeah, to us. Mm. And so they thought, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. So I'm like, yes, yes. I'm so, so glad fun. you did. That's so yes. cool. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up um, that, you know, uh, cousin Vanessa, the one that <laughs> that gave uh, Dan- <laughs> yeah, Daniel and uh, uh, Amanda their 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 spanking uh, of parenting. Anyways, that is actually uh, Julia uh, Macchio. That is Daniel's or not Daniel, Ralph's real life daughter. So she oh, played Yet's yeah, his daughter. And so it's oh, he said it was kind of meta having your daughter play a role and telling you you weren't a very good parent. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So that is good. Yeah, she does wow. it good. She awesome. does that whole, you know, 
Marissa Tomei in um, (laughs) (laughs) My Cousin Vinny, you know, she does that really good. So I thought that was pretty funny. All right. Let's move along to the last two episodes, episode nine, The Fall, and episode 10, The Rise. So the All-Valley Tournament begins. The moment of truth, quotation marks, uh, for all the Cobra Kai, because Carrie Underwood sings this Karate Kid classic by Survivor. Yeah. I, I just love how they do this. And and I don't know if you guys knew this, but Carrie Underwood was a surprise. Like, people didn't know it. They kept it under wraps. Like, not even, like, the people in the audience that were sitting there. They were Their surprise was real surprise when she came out and started singing. And so, yeah, so so, yeah, it was a a big thing that they're like, oh, we're going to bring on Carrie Underwood. Nobody's going to know about it. We're going to keep it top secret. And they said it was easier to do because of COVID, because everything was so, you know, not that many people around, not that many people knew about things. So it was easy for them to bring her in and have them not know about it. So I just thought that was a cool thing. Um. So we see the skills and the individuals uh, begin, and then um, and then we see the conclusion of the tournament and how that impacts everybody. And there's so much to break down here. So let's start with the tournament. I loved the beginning because I was so excited. I I felt like I was there, and you know, here we go. And the uh, announcements, the announcement of each dojo and the senseis was was just so good and the montage of everyone working uh of everyone's work leading up to this and then we see the pairings and how and how they do on the rankings what did you guys think of this whole uh tournament yeah you know i i loved the introductions i i actually it was fun i was so proud of johnny and you know it was really neat how they were showing all the other dojos and their beautiful facilities, kind of like we talked about before. And Johnny's guys, they show them all working out, and they're all in their sweats, and none of them match. And, you know, they're just kind of this ragtag group of kids in this warehouse. And I was like, in fact, Devin and I said, oh, Johnny's going to come out, and they're not going to even have uniforms to wear. Because we've never seen them really in uniforms. And all of a sudden, they come out, and... You know, red is such a powerful color. Yeah. And they looked sharp. And it was just so fun. I I was really excited because they looked so professional. It just, it really made me smile. It was like Johnny had arrived, you know? Like it really, it was here, it was go time. And he rose to the occasion and and got these guys ready. and, And they looked like something that they were proud of within themselves. And and I just thought that was cool. So that was actually one of my favorite parts. And I found it was, I thought it was very interesting that the tournament took place in episode nine. Yeah. I expected that to be the grand finale taking yeah. place in the last episode. And I was like, wait, is this the last episode? And then to find out that was the penultimate. Yes. Penultimate. Um, I thought that was interesting how they did it that way because it, it was something you built up to all season and yet they 
brought it to you in season in episode nine. So, what do I think? Well, it was very exciting. Uh, when I saw that, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm missing out this whole time. And there's these Owl Valley things happening all over the place, and I can go see them. But, or maybe uh, it's just made up. I'm not quite sure. Probably. But I, I would definitely go. Yes, I'm sure there's somewhere. But, I, you know, I kind of agree with it's, you know, I think most people root for the underdog. And I root for Johnny to become mm-hmm. a real person. And he's tr- he's trying very hard. I mean, you know, he's made mm-hmm. dinner for his gal, which was disgusting. Um, you know, but but when he came out with like, <laughs> the outfits, I just thought it was so cool. I just really, really did. It got me jacked up. And you know, it was they were the. It seemed like they were the smallest dojo. I didn't count everybody, but they were pretty small. Um, so I just, yeah, I I think I had a little bit of pride happening there. I got swept up into it. Yeah. I loved all their um, geese also. And I loved all the colors because there was white, black, red. Of course, they only showed them. I I don't even know who else was there. But they were beautiful. But I kept thinking that Miyagi-Do's gi looked the most uncomfortable to, to do karate in because the sleeves were so long. And... Uh, I yeah. thought that Cobra Kai had the best, um, I guess, competition geese because they were like sh- short sleeve and you could see their arms and I feel like they were freer to move. Um, but, yeah. I, you know, I liked each of their geese. I just thought they were really cool looking and such vibrant colors. And um, I liked the red, the black, the white. It was so cool. Uh and of course, yes, it was so exciting and the music was going and I really noticed the music and I'm not talking about just songs that we know. I'm talking about the music during the episode when people would make a punch or a kick and be all, Ooh, you know, it was just so yeah. cool. Yeah. And then they would go in slow motion and and it it was really, I, I just feel they really took care in, in the production of all this and it was just uh, it really paid off, I thought, for yeah. that. Yeah. And it was so, so well choreographed. And so when Daniel um, and Johnny and their interaction, um, uh, here we go again, Mr. Miyagi <sighs> gives that flashback when he's talking to him and and he tells him he's sorry and that, um, you know, that he had forgot a lesson that Mr. Miyagi had taught him. And what's interesting is the flashback is from mm-hmm. Karate Kid 3. It's from Karate Kid 3 because that's in Karate what I Kid thought, Yeah, I didn't Karate recognize it. Yeah, in Karate Kid 3 he goes to get and that's probably why it didn't I didn't know about it either the first time that I watched it because then I watched Karate Kid 3 and went back. But um in Karate Kid 3 he goes to he buys um Mr. Miyagi a bonsai store uses all his money for instead of going to college and um, oh that was the reference yeah. he mentions it yes. when he's talking to Miguel he and does I, he, I was like oh he bought a bonsai store I didn't know that yes but see I love see I love it all these pieces all these references so yes he bought he buys a bonsai store and you know they come and torch the bonsai store so uh Daniel goes to look for a bonsai tree and he sees it off the 
ocean. And I I won't give away all of Karate Kid 3 if people haven't seen it. Go watch it. But basically, he goes to find a bonsai plant and they take it and I think they nurture it and they go to bring it back. And so Mr. Miyagi is telling him in that flashback that we see that the roots are strong. Oh, you guys, it just kills me. The roots are strong. So if you give your child, your mentee, whoever it is, good roots and let them find their way, oh, the best lesson. So true. And the fact that Daniel, you know, comes into this big realization and realizing his hardheadedness and, and, and telling Johnny that he, you know, he understands that he has important lessons and values also and that giving Sam the opportunity to figure out her own way. Oh my gosh. It was just, it was perfect. It was awesome. Yes, it was awesome. It was exactly Love that moment. what I, um, what we needed and what we love to see. And I really liked the fight. I loved all the fights, every single one of them, even Dimitri fighting. Um, all of them were really well done. Even, um, Devin Lee, the new girl, everybody was so good. I enjoyed yeah. every single one of them. But I thought Eli and Robbie was really good. I thought the choreography was really good. I thought their athleticism was really good. Um, yeah. And then when, you know, they go into overtime, you can see them struggling to get their breath. And I thought their acting was phenomenal because I... Yeah, these guys are not professionals, right? They're just acting right. the part. And to get these close-ups of their face when they get a punch or or throw one, I thought, or, or looking back or going back to talk to the senseis or whatever it might be, I just thought yeah. they were mm-hmm. so, so good. They're so they're such yeah. good actors too, and they're so good at what they've learned here. And um but they take off their their shirts, and then you see Hawk. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the yeah. sound of a of a hawk in the background. <laughs> he shows his back tattoo, rolls his shoulders, and uh, yeah. you know they you know go at it again, and then he ends up winning, and it's like yes, yeah. Eli wins. And I yeah. read also that that was already pre planned, like a while ago. They wanted Eli to win because they figured Miguel already had his time. And that, you know, Miguel's more focused on his father. So they really wanted Eli to have this moment. But then I was thinking, well, what about Robbie? He's been in this twice and he's lost. He's gone second place both times. But I think Rocky, Rocky, listen to me, Rocky, Robbie, (laughs) Robbie was, um, I think he lost a point because he looked up at Kenny and saw what Kenny, Kenny's reaction to him was. And so I think he thought, oh my gosh, what's happening? What am I doing? And so I think you know, that could have lost his focus. I don't know. I, I'm happy for Eli at this, you know, at this point. And then, of course, we see Sam and Tori, which, oh, my gosh, was so good. Because I appreciated seeing Tori because she wasn't that same person that she was. She wanted to fight fair. She didn't have that quivering lip like she normally has, um, like she wanted to beat the crap out of you. I felt um, I felt her shift but Sam was just, I was really impressed with Sam this time. Yeah. I really well, let me was. Jump in. Let me jump in, Diana. I'm yeah. going to jump in real quick. Yes. When you're talking about Tori and how she wanted to do her own way and 
we had silver saying, no, 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 you, you know, got to do it this way. She's injured. Then crease comes up and says, she can do what she wants to do. Yeah. And that was again, this weird moment of growth from crease because they did flash back to him telling Johnny to sweep the leg. Yep. And he thought about it and he said, no, just let her do what she wants to do. And, and then as a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys noticed, but after that, Johnny and Kreese caught eyes and stared at each other for a moment. So it was very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris, uh, of course, Kreese is punished for becoming human by being put in jail. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, that whole exchange, I was so surprised at at Tory winning that that fight. And it's funny because, you know, just having a son who's a wrestler all through even college. Yeah. And one wrong move can be the difference between winning or losing, but also one bad call, that can be the same thing. Oh, yeah. Which is... And, and you yeah. know how that feels if, yeah. if there's a bad call. And I felt like... Sam could see, I mean, obviously we know what happens. It made sense after the fact, but at the time I kept thinking, wait, there's going to be some redemption here because this is TV. You know, this isn't my son <laughs> wrestling in the real world. This is TV and this is going to be resolved and they're going to fix this and she's still going to prevail. And I was so surprised she didn't. And they let that happen. And I thought, wow. You know, clearly, like the out of bounds, and oh, that was she was already out of bounds, and yeah, the other one was um, they didn't give her the point, and it just—I was very surprised at, at how it was going. I thought there's no way. In fact, even before yeah. the fight took place, I had it all figured out. I said to Devin, "Well, of course they're going to have the the boys match first because." In order for Miyagi-Do to win, they have to win both matches. And so they're not going to show the girls' match first because we already know who's going to win the boys' match. So I I had it all figured out, and yet it was wrong. So... (laughs) Yeah. But I love that, right? Because you you expect something. Go ahead. Well, you just start saying this is how it has to end. Oh, I was just going to say that brings us to the very end where... Tori's walking back there and she hears the two guys getting paid off for the ref being paid off. And I thought that was very interesting that they chose Tori as the character to hear that because it could have been anybody. They could have made anybody go back to the locker room, but it was her. And I'm just wondering what she's going to do with that information. You know, it's pivotal. It is truly pivotal She's the key right now, right? And so, I don't know. We're going to see what happens. I do want to say, though, I really liked Sam's focus. I I like her way of doing karate. Um, I loved how she did some moves. And you see um, 
Tori look at her like, like, what is she doing? But she was centering herself and you, and I love those moves when that yeah. happens. So I just thought that that was so yeah. cool that she did that several times. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is why I love Cobra Kai. Um, so after, yeah. So after the tournament, um, and you could see Robbie was not super thrilled with them winning. Like everybody was, you know, over the moon happy. And Robbie just had this look on his face. Um, and so after everything, that's where we see everything shift and more exciting things to happen. Cause I kept thinking what they can't do, you know, own dojos and teach students anymore. What's going to happen. And, um, but this, the last, whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes left me with my mouth hanging open. And I love when that <laughs> happens yeah. because I was yeah. shocked and I was excited with everything. <laughs> so we see Robbie follow Johnny. Um, and you had mentioned this already, how they have that heart to heart moment and yeah. they hug and, oh, that just tore at my heartstrings because that's what I wanted for so many seasons for this to happen. So I really yes. appreciated that they, that they did that. And, and just to see Robbie, um, because what happens is he matures, right? He matures and sees what, um, sees Kenny that he can't control it. And, and basically kind of in a, a mentor parental role. And so then he comes to his own father, um, which was perfect. And yeah. so I just loved that so much. And, uh, we already spoke about Tori and her pivotal, uh, being very pivotal the next season, but I wanted to, um, oh, and then, yes, I was surprised with silver and, uh, crease. And yeah. that was shocking to me. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And then I like how they show the, it jumped to Stingray in bed and how he names Crease yeah. as the one. And then it jumps back forward. He's all, and he tells Silver, what did you do? And then yeah. they yeah. come and arrest him. And, and then, uh, Silver has that diabolical laugh that he had also in Karate Kid 3, if you guys happen to watch huh. it. Uh, but okay. So the two biggest points to me is, um, one is Miguel and his dad because he's off to Mexico. Yeah. Johnny comes home to uh, talk to Carmen and Carmen has him read the letter and then he says, Oh, we'll find him. And she goes, No, but you don't understand. I haven't, you know, he doesn't, the father doesn't know about him. And she says, Oh, it's okay. I can handle myself. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what if it's the cartel? We don't know. Yeah. Oh, this oh would, this, it yeah, just blew. To come. It, bad guys, she said. Yeah, it blew my mine because i thought any they're going to take this to mexico he's going to have to fight people in mexico is everybody going to go along and help johnny i don't know but i just i think i just thought wow this has gotten big now this has gotten really big yeah i diana i think you're going to have to pack your bags and bring us podcasts down south <laughs> Uh, the biggest point, I'll wait for the end. Let me let you guys talk first. What did you guys think? Well, yeah, I I think, again, you know, I watched this whole season with Johnny, and I felt like they they just continued to not let him grow in the way that we know he's growing inside, and they won't let it happen. So I was getting really frustrated. And so, you know, 
it's like you said, I wonder what's going to happen. And I really hope that if we get into the next season where this whole dad thing and down in Mexico, that he turns out to be the hero for Miguel. I, yeah. I really hope that happens because, you know, even in the final tournament, it, he came in third place. They they still didn't even let him yeah. have his team come in second. And, and they are. They're the underdogs. And I feel like there's this thing um, with Johnny that they just – there's these moments where you can see the growth and they, they won't let it happen. They, they kind of shut it out. They – you know, he says the wrong thing at the wrong moment and then the, the two people are gone and, and, and you can't get it wrapped up. And I, I just think that um, it's hard to watch. Because it's like you said at the very beginning of this, you you are rooting for the underdog, and the true underdog is Johnny mm-hmm. and and what he represents. Yeah, and um, you know, and there's other there's people that start to turn the corner, and um, that are the underdogs as well, and, and you find yourself feeling bad for them and wanting them to to grow and succeed, but. Um, I'm really hoping that we'll see more of that with him being a hero. Because, I don't know. It kind of frustrated me. Don't you think, though, his hug with um, Robbie was probably the highlight for him? That's his son. That's what he wants more than anything. And for his son to come to him and embrace him and he tells him everything's going to be okay. I think I think that's a big win. I think that's a cool it win is. for him. That's true. That's totally true. Like he's, he recognizes that he's figured it out. You know, he, he recognized it on his own. Yeah, that was a big moment. Oh, What'd you think, Devin? They, they left a lot of uh, strings dangling as far as what, what can happen down the line. Um, one of the bigger ones is when Crease gets hauled off. Um, that was that's going to be interesting to see how he gets out of jail. Is it going to be Johnny that comes and bails him out? Um, you know, whatever. Um, what's Silver going to do? He's franchising these places. They're going to be all over town. Um, that'll be interesting to see if I know do that or not. Um, I th- I I think the Robbie. You know, I think the Robbie uh, connection with his dad, I think it was huge, Diana. I mean, it was like, it was probably one of the most satisfying moments of the whole show. Because we all know how badly Johnny wants to be a good person. He's just not equipped. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stumbling. So it's like Cindy said, it gets frustrating. But he is, you know an adult that really had no one bring him up. So he, he's figuring all this stuff out and that's always a fun journey to go on. I hope that continues. Um, but my main, my main hope is that, that, uh, Ralph Macchio and him find a way to actually run a good dojo. And with all these, uh, you know, all these other dojos in the Valley that they create something special. Because, you know, that's the two of them. So, um, 
Yeah, there's probably yeah. more strings left dangling than I'm thinking of, but. <laughs> I know there's so much to talk about. I just, the show is so good. Okay, so let's talk about the very end, which had me screaming in my seat uh, when the credits r- rolled because we see Daniel at Mr. Miyagi's tombstone grave site. You know, saying, you know, everything that he tried to do and to do it the right way and that, but he has to stop Cobra Kai because, you know, they aren't very honorable men. And he says, will you help me? And as he's saying that, of course, we see him, the camera uh, pan and we see Chosen. Chosen is there. Oh, and he walks up and together they stand there and they bow it was so good. I, I was like, my mind is blown. Yes. And no one yes. had seen it. I saw this all by myself. So you guys had each other when you saw it, I'm sure. But I sat there all by myself and I was like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. I had to wait till everybody else had watched it for me to bring it up. Uh, I was just ecstatic about it. And then it was so good. And then the second time I watched it, or the third time, whichever time it was, I didn't realize, but it was Switch 625, Def Leppard. And I thought, this is the perfect song. I loved it. It made you just want to, it just pumped you up. And you're like, yes, we're ready for the next season. So I loved that ending. I thought that was the perfect, perfect shot. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, let's talk about any other tidbits or thoughts We've already talked about the soundtrack, how much we like that, right? I mean, there was Judas Priest, ACDC, Survivor. And then when um, Kenny was dancing at the bus stop, that was Gotta Get Into Something by Gary Clark Jr. I didn't know that song. I now love that song. I went and found it. I ran and Googled it and found it on YouTube. You guys should check it out. Gotta Get Into Something, Gary Clark Jr. Very good. Um, and we kind of talked about, uh, Kenny's evolution, but I wanted to say, um, Kenny is played by Dallas Dupree young and he's only 15 and he's the youngest, um, cast member. So I just thought that was kind of a cool thing. I like that they brought Aisha back because everybody kept wondering what the heck happened to her. So I'd like to see her come back, but, uh, at least they gave her you know, something. I, I didn't want them to just not revisit the relationship she had with Sam. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they uh, they brought her back. And then I saw Ralph Macchio on um, Jimmy Fallon, and mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, Karate Kid Cinematic Universe, oh. uh, which I thought was the coolest thing because there might be prequels, movies, this and that. So, of wow. course, that got me excited for all of that possibility. And also, I wanted to bring up that uh, they received a SAG nomination for Outstanding Action Performance by a Stunt Ensemble for a television series, which is really cool. Yeah, for um, I think it was for the All Valley um, and all of that, which I think is so well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. So what what other tidbits or thoughts do you have? Well, I just think it's so funny that they did. That they, I am hoping that they dropped us a line into next season by having Tori to be the one who walked in to the locker room. 
Yeah. I, I think that, cause as we already talked about, you know, just who she is and she's really more about the drive to win. She is, does not seem to me to be somebody who would want to win by cheating, not just not by cheating, but that, that she didn't really get the win. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is not who she is for somebody to say, well, you're the winner when you really didn't earn the win Mm -hmm. and she didn't earn the win. And so I think as they've been kind of changing her character, you know, and enter Amanda, you know, kind of giving her that motherly mentorship and wanting to help her. And, and you're kind of, you, you see the evil aunt come in. Like we see a lot more things come in for Tori this season. She goes through the struggle of jobs. I just really, that to me was a really interesting ending to that. And, you know, how would it be if it was somebody else? What if that was somebody else? Right. So yeah. Yeah. The the specifics of them choosing her, I think really is setting something up for her character next season. So, yeah. And I've not ever cared for her before, but I felt like toward the end of the season, I started to really root for her and not to win. Mm -hmm. I certainly wanted Sam to win the match. Yeah. But I, you want her to be a winner in life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you see anybody putting in effort and you see that they really care and are really good people, then you always want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see that. So what do you guys hope to see in season five? Which you kind of already said a little bit, but do you want to add anything to that? Just, yeah, the, what I talked about before, I would like for the ship to start. The ship <laughs> between Johnny and Daniel. No more, uh, you know, dancing around each other. I want them to find a good way to to live together, work together. Uh, fight against the cartel. That's right. Fight against the cartel. <laughs> you know. Or whoever the enemy is. Whoever right. the enemy Te- is. Teaching each other things that they didn't know. You know, that that's what I'm looking for. I've had enough of the will they or won't they. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, again, I just really feel like we've seen the growth in Johnny. I, I want that to be expressed a little more, you know, um, and, and there was the moment at the end with Robbie and Johnny, and that was great, but we've seen some of that before we've seen those moments and then they go awry again. And so I'm just really hoping there's so many interesting people. They've really started to build this up with other people being interesting and their lives are interesting. You know, even crease that I, I can't stand the guy, but leaving there to be something about how his character is changing and now he might be in jail, like letting Johnny have some resolution to his relationships and enjoy the growth and the happiness and really, you know, moving on to other people and and dealing with those conflicts and not continuing to bring that conflict back to him. So Mm -hmm. that's really what I'm hoping for. I, I like it when I can root for him and he's actually the winner. And you just yeah. never see him as the winner. Yeah. Out of his own fault, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, yes, of course, I want Johnny and Robbie's relationship to keep on flourishing. And I keep thinking, well, maybe um, Robbie will tag along to Mexico or wherever he goes and help 
you know, help his dad and yeah, get Miguel back or whatever it is. I mean, who's to say? I mean, we don't know. Maybe Miguel's going to love it in Mexico and just decide to live there. I don't know. We don't know what to expect. I will look forward to Chosen and Silver. Maybe them having a face-off. I think that would be really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Barnes is in uh, Karate Kid 3, and uh, we hear Silver say, you know, I have friends basically to crease that will help me. So it made me think of Mike Barnes because that's the only, not only, but that's one of the people that hasn't come back yet. And we haven't seen uh, Julie Pierce, who is Hillary Swank. Although she's a big actress, I, you know, I don't know if she'll come back, but, you know, we can still hope maybe partial episode. I don't know. It'd be fun to see anybody yeah. from uh, the Karate Kid movies come. Um, yeah. And I hope Tori will come clean with what she knows since Sam won for Miyagi-Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you could give a prediction, one prediction well, I say one, but I tend to cheat. But one prediction in one sentence. What would be your prediction for Cobra Kai season five? I predict that Tori's going to give that trophy back. I predict that Johnny and Robbie are going to go down to Mexico to find Miguel. Mm. I think that's going to happen. I predict that Anthony LaRusso will learn Miyagi-Do and have to face off with Kenny. Oh, and wow. And that the technique on the Miyagi-Do scroll will come into play. Yes, you are yeah. correct. Yeah, they brought that out, that scroll, and then they didn't do anything. Yeah, no, that was a good call. That was a good call. As a matter of fact, Cindy, I think you said it the other night that they're, that they're going to use that in the next episode. That would be so cool. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So... Now that we've wrapped up Cobra Kai season four and are looking forward to season five, we have plenty of time, right? Because it might be another yeah. year before we get to watch it. So there is other television and uh, movies out there. So I'm just curious if you guys have any recommendations. Well, Cindy and I just finished Yellowstone, which was very good. And I would recommend to watch that. It's a, I've, I've described it as Sopranos on Horses. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's it. good it's got some fun to it um, kind of a dark horse uh, for me would be to recommend War of the Worlds on the Paramount Network um, very well done although it's very slow it's got you know a nice big oh, nice big payoff and then thirdly there's a show on um Amazon called The Expanse, which is fantastic. It's really good sci-fi, and uh, you know it's just well done, very well done, well thought out. Thanks, Devin. Sure. Yeah, and you know to follow up with Yellowstone, we just started watching 1883, and it is fantastic. And actually, one of my favorite things is to watch the historical timepieces. I love to see old things. I like to see how open the land is. And I like to see the covered wagons and I like to see the way people dressed. And, um, you know, we enjoy Downton Abbey and Poldark and, um, hell on wheels. And 
Miss uh, so yeah, and Miss Maisel. So anything that's a timepiece from the past, I just I love those. And so 1883 is really really good, and the characters are so likable that it's fun to be rooting for them when you know that they have this long journey ahead of them. So we're waiting for the next episode to be released. So we're chugging along. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm going to. So I'm looking forward to 1883 and I have seen uh, Yellowstone, which I love. And have you seen Outlander? Not yet. No. Uh, you, that. If you like history, you need to watch Outlander. Yes. So I've heard that from it's, so many it's people. really good. It's in our mm-hmm. queue. I'll bump that up on the list. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys. You know, I watch a lot of TV and shows, and I keep my uh, our website blog updated. So if anybody's looking for anything, you can look there. But recently, Ozark Season 4 just released on Netflix. And, of course, I binged it completely over a few days. It was so good. And Resident Alien Season 2 yes. on Sci-Fi just started, yes. and the first season was so funny, and here we go again with this it. Resident Alien. So. That was a great show. I'm glad that's out. And we love yeah. Ozark, too. That was yeah. a great show, so I'm glad to know that the next season's out. That's good. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, thank you guys. Thank you both for joining me. It has been so much fun. And I'm so glad you said yes and joined me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Please rate and review the podcast. We need your feedback. This helps other listeners find us. We'll be back with The Walking Dead. 11B premieres 220. That's February 20th. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.